What's up, everybody? We're back. It's 2019, first episode of the new year. We have a very special episode for you guys. It's a longer one because we were gone for a little bit. Uh, we have Mitch Williams and Sam McGee from the Inland Film Co. and also hosts of the Cinetherapy podcast. I had reached out to these guys before the holiday break and vacation started kicking in and proposed the idea of joint episode. I told them I was a fan of their podcast, Cinetherapy, which I am. I thought that we have some interesting parallels that we could we could probably have a lot of fun and generate some interest and buzz for both of our podcasts if we did this. And they were completely on board. They were beyond helpful. They facilitated the entire thing. They opened their studio. They invited me in. They had the entire recording set up, ready to go. They've had guests before on their podcast, so that was that was easy for them to accommodate. But it also allowed me to learn how another podcast does it. And you know, if you're a fan of the Malcolm podcast, you know that there's been other podcasters on here. For example, Aaron Johnson from the Cascadian Beer podcast, and you have Jonathan Schmitz from the 10 Steps Further podcast. And I learned something from all of these guys. And Mitch and Sam are no different. I also, getting to know people through the format of an episode like this is, it's really interesting because once you're done, you, you feel very close to the person, even if you didn't know them very well at all to begin with. But if you want to learn more about how me and Mitch and Sam were connected, check out the blog. But also, because we're doing a dual podcast episode, I want to mention that it's very motivating when you as the audience subscribe to our podcast. And I want to thank all of you who've done so already. You guys are the best and you're so helpful. If you haven't done so, I'd like to ask you to take a couple of seconds to please do subscribe to both Cinetherapy and the Amalgam Podcast. What you're doing then is you're helping us reach other potential audience members. Thank you for taking the time to do that. I really hope you do. The other thing that you can do is leave a review for us. If you really like the show, please tell people about it. We live in the day and age where user reviews are kind of, I mean, they're, at least they're the way that I gauge if I'm going to commit to something or not. I really trust the audience, and so I look for that feedback all the time. And I'm sure that I'm not the only one who does that. So if you could leave a review, we would absolutely love you for it. So I'm doing this little intro because a few reasons. One, I just haven't talked to you guys for a while. I wanted to introduce this little bit of a melded episode and explain what's going on. And then also um, just wanted to check out this new equipment we bought for the podcast. We got new mics and a new H5 handy recorder. We're good. I just wanted to test it out, make sure it's squared away, throw it into audition and get it plugged into an episode so I'm ready to go. We're going to record Wednesday, me and Trevor doing the sports segment, and then a couple of guests lined up in February that we're going to be trying to get to right away and just get some content out for you guys. So, All right, that's enough. I think that's a oh, wow, four-minute intro. Sorry about that, you guys. Let's get to this episode, episode 17, the cross-episode of the Cinetherapy and Amalgam podcasts. We got Mitch Williams and Sam McGee and myself. Please enjoy. Thank you guys for listening. Take care. So for the purpose of getting this thing started in a crisp way, these microphones... As close as you as, po- as, close, as, as close as possible as you can. Gotcha. No and worries. then we uh so just shove that thing in your face. Right here. Yeah. Kay. Kiss it. Make out with it. 
Get very comfortable. Get, yeah. A little. Sweet. You can be really intimate with these. Drew Payne says, eat the microphone. Eat it. Eat the I do have that extra ready to go. It's uploaded. Is Un- it live? Unlisted. Is it live? No, no, it's unlisted. Unlisted. Cool. Um, yeah, it looks like we're recording. Um, <clears throat> this does feel a little weird. Yeah. Um, because we have a guest that's also a host, uh, Corbin Mendenhall. Yes. What's up, guys? What's up? What's up? So we could maybe just do our own little intro type deal. Yeah, go for it. If you want. Absolutely. And say we welcome, you know, this is probably just going to go in like this. That's okay. Uh, Very poorly put together words because that's just how we do it. Um, Yeah, so we have Corbin Mendenhall here at Inland Film Co. today. Corbin runs his own podcast. Yes, sir. Uh, Amalgam. Amalgam. The Amalgam podcast. It's a great podcast. Thank you. Just started listening to it. Thank you very much. Yeah. And uh, it's it's uh, got cool people on it, cool Ye- topics. You're cooler than us because you actually have guests on every episode. Yeah, almost every episode. Yeah. A, um, the, the purpose was to focus on creatives and entrepreneurs. And so... Um, just opening those conversations with those people. And then hopefully as, as things develop and I get more comfortable, people want to come back on the show. You know what I mean? And you know, everybody's always changing what they're working on. And so. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Right on. I'll just say a couple more things. We're back. It's 2019. We haven't recorded a podcast since last year. Mm. It's been a while. Sam, you're, you were already a dad again, weren't you? Yeah, we had another baby. I have, I am missing some screws in my ankle though. Since they, last we talked, they pulled those out. They took some hardware out. And I can walk now. That's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Although my physical therapist did tell me I need to concentrate more on squeezing my glutes mm. as I take steps because mm-hmm. that'll eliminate the limp. Nice. Maybe you walk backwards squeezing your glutes too. I heard that works. It probably does. So if, if anybody ever notices me, really concentrating as I'm just trying to walk down the hall. It looks like you're constipated walking. I feel that. My PT told me to do it. (laughs) If uh, anyone's watching this on YouTube, you'll see we got some new decorations. Um, They are kind of just decorations. Yeah. So No, they're not. um, (laughs) Yeah, they're starting to follow us around uh, on location. So, Corbin... If you want to take this opportunity to do your own intro, yeah, absolutely. Feel free. My my general introduction is I I ask the guests to introduce themselves, but I am here at Inland Film Co. This is now my podcast for thirty seconds, and we're gonna introduce you guys. We got Mitch, we got Sam, Inland Film Co. Right? Yeah, correct. So my my question is to, for the audience because your podcast audience might already know this, but can for mine, can you tell me how you guys structured this company and what you guys both specialize in or what you guys do is that cool yeah yeah it's cool yeah you want to you want to take first stab i'll take a stab and then you can mitch is a storyteller i'm a cinematographer okay uh no so we are inland film co my name is sam mcgee i work with mitch williams i happen to marry his sister and that made this this uh relationship start we have a love of cinema that's why our podcast is called cinetherapy yep 
I have been in the marketing video realm for six or seven years. Okay. I bought a camera right out of high school, got a photo degree from the falls and um, just started making videos for tech companies. Just going for I it. I kept running into Mitch who has been in software for a long time. I'll mm-hmm. let him tell his story because he has a nice, a really cool background in film. Okay. But um, we actually shared the studio for a little bit. I was making tech videos and videos, nonprofit videos. And every time Mitch, who also had his own software company in this space, every time he looked over my shoulder and made a suggestion, it was gold. (laughs) And then I eventually couldn't live without it. And so um, I'll let Mitch tell his story. But as of right now, I'm director of photography. Okay. I run all the camera stuff. Mitch is director. Um, Gosh, he's he's a mind for organizing stories Mm. and um, understanding how to tell a client's story. So we both edit. Okay. We both run camera a lot of the times. Okay. We're both uh, handling certain clients. So really we're both doing a lot of the same stuff, but. But from the beginning, it started out more organization, more, more visuals. Yeah. And now we're. Now you're, you've. We're partners. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. All right. What you got, Mitch? Yeah, so Sam already said I have a background in software and I have sort of uh, uh, before that in my in my past life before software I was in film to some degree I I studied uh, film classes at Whitworth University okay under a gentleman named Leonard Oakland who my the last podcast uh, 008 was a presentation that I had that I gave to his class you got to go speak at his yeah. class it's uh his documentary filmmaking class and I so I studied independent screen pro- writing um, history of uh, film I think some avant-garde film classes uh, history of American film or American cinema um, you know first time I was introduced to Spike Lee, you know, <laughs> watching Do the Right Thing. It was in that in that class and that was um yeah, well over a decade ago. And then after that, I gave um I was in, I was interested in working in film, so I worked for North by Northwest here in Spokane, a production company on a film called The Ward by the infamous horror director John Carpenter and in that I was able to develop some relationships with um, a couple of actors and maintained um, maintained one over the years which has been pretty cool after that I went and worked uh, for my father's company got them started on YouTube they were the first in the telecommunications industry to have a YouTube channel and so I was making videos for a telecom business for a while. And then some, what were you going to Oh, I just, when, um, when larger companies want to just start a YouTube channel, what do you tell them before they begin? Like, cause I find through my, um, freelance design, graphic design, it helps if you kick it right back to them. Like what, why are you doing this? What's your purpose? So what, what was the goal of that YouTube channel to kick it off? Sorry to interrupt though. Oh no, don't, don't, don't worry. Uh, that's a good question. I, 
what we tell people today versus what I was telling people back then, I think for for them, their goal was informational videos on products. Okay. So people could that were YouTubers or that were on YouTube could go find information about their products and then also um, tutorials on how to install or how to use their products. So like support. Yeah. That's cool. And I think they had a vision that was ahead of its time, you know, at least in its industry, Mm -hmm. uh, in that people, that techs and engineers were going to go to YouTube over like pulling out a manual. Right. Uh, And that's true today. Today it's very true. Their sales uh, staff will will fly, you know, down somewhere and they say, you know, if, if we can't find information about this product on YouTube, we probably won't buy it. You know, the, the engineers that, and the, the installers, right. You know, cause you know, that's what they're, that's what they're going to go to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, and then in terms of today, you know, depending on what business you're starting, uh, there's a credibility factor, I think, on okay. being on YouTube or having video. Mm-hmm. It's a sort of a way to uh, give a pulse uh, to the rest of the world that your business is alive. Yeah. So if you see people posting videos constantly, you're you're going to be, oh, mm-hmm. you're th- be thinking that that brand has been doing that for the past year or two years or three or whatever. And so they're obviously well-established and they're not going to go anywhere. I think it speaks probably to some degree. Uh, I mean, depending on who you ask, uh, I think it's, it says more about a brand, you know, being alive with how much content they produce mm-hmm. than how many followers they have. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, and then uh, on that, we, we've said this in the podcast before, but we tell all of our clients to uh, all of our clients to just make videos. Period. You know, use your iPhone. Yeah, make make videos. There's so many easy ways to do just something something simple, and yeah. it and it that authentic feeling when it's from almost the eyes of of the business on the internal, like that. It, it's hard to put a value on that outreach or who that connects with on your audience or as your brand is making those connections. Totally. It's, but that's why I ask is sometimes people just think, oh, we just need to have this thing in existence, you know, but the content still needs to be driven from somewhere. Yeah. So Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll circle back really quick to finish yep, the sorry. question. No, to finish the answer to the question. Uh, I was in, so I, I, you know, had that background in film. I, I'll still say, you know, it's a, a small background. It, uh, it stemmed from high school playing with cameras, making you know, fun movies with my yeah. buddies on iMovie and yep. then jumping into Final Cut um, in college and making films in art classes and, you know, those documentary filmmaking classes and writing some screenplays and whatnot. Then I uh, was introduced to this world of apps uh, and I had this idea for an app called Grab Another Beer and it was a an app to share what beer you were drinking and where you were having it, like with your friends. So we used Foursquare's API 
and for the you know location sharing it was share on foursquare but also through the app and then we you know went to found somebody that was able to give us this giant library of beers and we designed this app there there, go. there, there we it go. is there we go we were ready for ups to show up huh <laughs> Awesome. It's just another decoration. <laughs> Some wall art. Might as well do an unboxing here. Here we go. Um, Should I finish my what I said? Story. <laughs> um, <coughs> so we, um, so I had this idea for this app. I designed it. Went to a software company, and we developed it and put it out there. It was. Uh, it, we had 10,000 downloads and nice. 3,600 active users, which was pretty awesome. That's great. But very shortly, and, and, and Untapped actually launched right around the same time. So uh, anybody that uses Untapped will know that. Uh, <laughs> and I was working as a graphic designer for the company that helped uh, develop this app for me. And I was asked to come on as creative director and that had actual revenue or money like for me in my life uh which made more sense i guess at the time to continue pursuing this this app so anyways that's how i got kicked into software worked for them for a few years uh left and then started another app company uh it was a visitor management system for businesses or a digital guest book i should say okay on an ipad okay did that then that was quietly shut down, I guess, over the last you know couple of years, and it was fun. It was cool. And then I worked for another software company, and right around the time that I started there, about two years ago, mm-hmm. about I, two years ago, Sam and I had been talking because we had been working across from each other for a while in this studio, and because I was considering starting another software company, but I was really like kind of down about it. I just uh, I didn't have this passion yeah. to do it. I was more interested in what he was doing. And so I looked, uh, or we, we, a connection through church, our man, Bob, another delivery. Oh no. No, right. Oh no. Oh, yes. Yes. Stick. That's awesome. We don't get very far before another FedEx box shows up. <laughs> yeah. It's the name of the game. That thing right there? This thing? No, that thing behind you. That big thing way behind you. This thing. We cannot... Um, you can't. You have to be able to focus the lens. And right. you can't... While you're doing this and it's heavy, you can't reach in through all the stuff and focus it. So we have a wireless focus system. You, there's gears on the lens, so you hook the wireless thing up. It There's a little motor that hooks up to those little gears, and then you have a little wireless thing. You turn it, and it focuses the lens. That's and then awesome. we have a wireless monitor, so you can just watch the screen. So all this, the camera operator has to do is walk around, and there's somebody else using a wireless monitor to focus. That is so cool. We've been waiting on that box right there for a while. That's what it is. We're stoked about it, yeah. That's awesome. Can't use it until we have batteries, though. I know they this this specific uh, focus system we got the nucleus M needs a specific battery that we had to buy separately on Amazon. 
So fun stuff. So I'll I'll finish really quick, and um, there shouldn't be any more boxes. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think so either. Yeah, I uh, I have been Sam and I have been working in this studio. I was about to start another software company. Didn't have that passion. I was more interested in what he was doing. Bob from Church, our man, he asked us to come work on a car ad for the dealership that he works at. And uh, he assumed that we worked together. Yeah, for some reason, he assumed we worked together. So we came up with this concept and this idea. uh, And we went and shot it. It was really funny. It was fun. And it was originally only going to be posted on social media. Okay. They weren't going to spend any money on TV that Mm -hmm. month. And they liked it so much that they ended up posting it on TV uh, or posting it. Posting it on TV. Posting it on TV. Why not just the world we live in? Yeah. (laughs) Post. It's a post. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, no, they ended up trafficking it on TV. So that was neat. And right around that time, I had Sam and I had just, we knew we were going to work together someday. And so it was kind of a matter of discussing internally uh, in our households mm-hmm. with our wives on how we were going to, you know, do that because there's a risk involved, you know, joining and, mm-hmm. and uh, creating a new business. Uh, and it's a matter of, you know, when you, there are two mouths to feed, you know, we got to make sure we do this the right way and that yeah. two, uh, we can support two people and, you know, you can't live off of the revenue of one person that that was prior to one person. And so we've done it. We're here. Here we are. Inland Film Co. started October. Uh, I, sh- I should say uh, unofficially started October of 2017. Uh, and then yeah, officially. we had started the LLC a while before that and um, added a, added the DBA Inland Film Co. on that mm-hmm. date. Yeah, and started started rolling after a lot of uh, after listening to a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk <laughs> and yeah. getting super super excited, getting super and motivated. Pumped. Yeah, yeah, we had he does that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He, we've talked about that on other podcasts. We don't need to go there. It's 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 good stuff. Gary V. Gary V. Yeah, it's enough said. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you want to open this really quick? Are you cool I, with that? Yeah, Corbin? I want to. Are I you need sure? to know what's inside. We got to um, look at this. I think I can just tear it, Sam. I know using a knife is fun, but I also don't want to. Ooh. Oh, the battery charger made it here. Battery charger made okay. it. Okay. There we go. Little mic holder. Nice. Grip heads. Grip heads. Or a. For uh, yeah. This is the this is the the money box. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Okay, so this is the wireless transmitter. Okay. So this goes on the camera and sends a wireless signal out to. A monitor, and the monitor is hooked up to a little, little focus thingy, little dial. Yeah, that's that's the thing that's 
I love about your guys' podcast is listening to the gear. I told you guys before we started, but that's Cine Therapy and the uh, the tech talk. Talking shop. Talking shop. Yeah, I love it's, it. It's funny. Sam's mom says, yeah, I listened to your podcast. I don't know what you guys are saying, but I still listen. Absolutely. <laughs> that that literally, my uh, I did the follow-up segment where I can have old guests come back on the show. And Jonathan, who I was talking about earlier, the musician, um, me and him, we like to talk computers, you know, and, and what what our plans are for the next, you know, next purchase. And uh, a couple of people, we got to that point in the podcast and we're kind of like, yeah, I don't really, you know, I'm that wasn't for me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, that probably not. Me. But, uh, you know, I'll do it again. Not just not so much. That's it's, funny. Yeah. Because uh, you really, you really are diving into another realm. Like we were talking about lights or camera. I mean, every little avenue has a whole technical side to learn and so um it's really easy to get kind of like familiar there and then talk like everybody else's but then my wife has to remind me all the time like you can't like what you just said or what you just texted them doesn't make sense to anybody you have to break that down a little bit it's like oh all right all right (laughs) okay i like that wives will do that yeah yeah the reigning in The, (laughs) the reigning in yeah I was just having a conversation with um, a coworker of mine, and uh, we, we, you know, I'm 32 in May. I think we're all about the same age. Yeah. And so now everything's kind of like the proof is kind of in the pudding at this point. Like you've either you've either been figuring it out and working hard, and you have something to show for it, or you haven't. And uh, and that gives you a lot of confidence as a as a young man or young adult, if we're still that. And then. Also, I think being in a relationship is equally as important as just living experiencely. But you have somebody all the time who's just pumping your brakes, just taking mm. you back one step, you know? Because we get, we get ingrained in the way we, we act and talk to people and stuff. And if you're not, you know, being told once in a while that that's not okay, then <laughs> I think you get a struggle, you know? So relationships are good. I'm a, I'm a dreamer. I kind of live five, 10 years out mentally. Nice. And I kind of operate as if I'm 10 years out. And my wife loves that about me, but she, all, and she, she wants to be in that 10 years out, but she also knows that I won't get anything done now if I'm living there mentally. So she has to remind me every day. That's great. We're going to get there today. We got to pay these bills and you need to finish this project. Got it. Okay, cool. Yep. Thank you. Yep. I need that. And then I come in here and my wife's brother has the same kind of a, he likes being living in that 10 years out, but today we got to finish these projects. Yeah. First. We need to look at what's on the, on the wall. Yeah. On the window. Okay. So that's the system of, of work to be done. The window is the system of work to be done. Left to right. That's yeah. awesome. They um just for the audience, they've got a variety of shapes designed per panel of window with sticky notes, a variety of colors. <laughs> it it looks like it's got a, a a way about itself. It's a left to right the project <laughs> on the far left, and then what we need to film in the next column okay. filming, filming. Or, or pre-production. And then the next column with the one single sticky note. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, because there's like 15 in every other one. But yeah, one. and then editing, that's what's all in the pipe for editing. Oh, okay. And so in that column, editing or post-production. Mm-hmm. And then the the final column is done. Okay. Like they've been moved. That's why there's a ton over there. Yeah. Because we just keep stacking them out. Just, dude, yeah. so and then there's work. another, that big window is current projects. The other window over there, those are proposals. Either okay. working on a proposal, sent it. Right won or lost be aware this this might be coming down the pipeline sort of yes that window yeah yeah and then like on the other window over there is invoicing Mm. draft invoice send invoice paid gotcha that's a good window i like that That, yeah that's the money window yeah (laughs) i think we need to add one to draft here because actually a couple yeah well Hey, that that works. I like it. I, I love this studio. This place is awesome. Thank you. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Um, really quick, because I'm distracted. Let's open this last. Oh, really yeah. quick. Oh my gosh, there's a V mount. Oh my gosh, hold on. We don't need to spend much time because I want to get through the podcast. Or I want to get back to the podcast. Another wooden camera. Let's just. Yep. Point out. Here's your boom. Oh my gosh. Holder. Holy cow. Then more boom pole we'll holders, open. more Mugami cable. Let's not open this right now, but we'll open this. At least just point that. We'll open that, that after. That looks awesome. So this is heavy, heavy duty. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Mail time is over. <laughs> okay. We'll get back to this. Thank you for thank you for dealing with us nerding Did, out on our. Thank you guys our, for setting all this up. You I didn't know that um, coming in here to record a podcast was going to involve us nerding out on gear. I, I kind of had a feeling because you were kinda that's helping. what I like so much about cinetherapy is the yeah, gear, yeah. you know? So this is great. <laughs> yeah, well, it's we we won't really be buying anything else for a long time. <laughs> that's what I said when I bought the Zoom and the new mics. It's like, okay, we're the investment's done. I'm good to go for a while. Yeah. I'm and then go for a while. And then already it's kind of like, well, there's like another 150, 200 I could probably come up with that would be... Just fine to add. We could use it. I could use it, I mean. That's awesome. Yeah. My wife has always joked with me that anytime she hears the the words, okay, we got this, we'll be good for a while. I've got this this new tool for work, I'll be good for a while. She always knows that's not accurate. But I've tried to stick to that. We have to, we have we have been pretty minimalistic in the kind of gear that we are working with. And this was just like a big little upgrade. <laughs> good okay mail time's over mail time's over okay so here we are uh, at the studio gave you a little bit of history um for our audience yep uh why did you start amalgam the podcast okay and or the amalgam podcast and what makes you so passionate and interested in creatives and entrepreneurship okay it's a great question. I'm from Bellingham, Washington, and it's a pretty artsy community. So, growing up, uh, always, always, always had an art class with a with a really passionate art teacher, and so um, I had an affinity towards art, which made me be surrounded by people who were incredibly artistic. Like I consider myself artistic, and then there's really, really artistic people, right? That are just they can paint, they can draw, they're photorealistic. It's just insane. Um, and so 
uh, friends would have artists for parents or they would be artists themselves. And it's just, um, that's kind of where I, I got the, the, like, I love the understanding a general sense of a lot of topics instead of like being a specialist. I just, I love learning about every type of medium or mm. every type of perspective from an artist. So always, art's always been just there, always been there. And, um, I've had, uh, graduated from WSU and I wanted to do my own sort of like branded t-shirts and designs. And I realized pretty quickly that the software I was learning to use was not what I needed. I needed to be moving towards Illustrator and understanding vector art. So kicked off uh, Adobe's subscription and thought the best way to learn and to pay for this is to be able to get somebody else to give me the project and then hopefully they'll pay me. And, uh, that started a few years ago, back in 2014, and it really quickly just spun into like, oh, now you're going to dabble in video. Oh, now you're dabbling in web design or um, even a little bit of like front end development, like barely scratching the surface. And it, I uh, was getting familiar with a bunch of different stuff in Adobe to the point where I kind of wanted to like find one and, and go for it, which was After Effects. And so <clears throat> I... um. Took a break from freelance for like a year or so in like 2016, 2017. And when I was thinking about starting a new project, I thought I had the experience with audio and live mixing and just thought no, no one's really doing a podcast around my area or the people that I know or my friends back home. Like maybe I'll try that. I'll, I'll learn something new. I'll learn how to deal with audio, how to produce an episode, create an engaging interview and um, hopefully learn a, a bunch of the back end, you know, running that. So audition and then uh, there's a blog post for each episode. So learning to uh, structure some sort of written form, that was uh, one of the goals. And then the it started off with like a very general sense of like, I didn't have a purpose, right? And my brother-in-law actually was the one who gave me the idea. Like, well, dude, you can't just go in there open-ended. No one's going to want to listen to that. Like you have to have some sort of direction and I thought well I've been exposed to a lot of different entrepreneurs throughout the freelance stuff and I've always been around a lot of creatives who are much more creative than me what if we just that's the reason you know that's the the reason we're getting together to have to have the conversation and then from there it goes where it goes so that's like the most long-winded way I could tell it but that's that's really the it, it all starts from um, wanting to learn something new myself that I either wasn't getting out of my job or it was just something I thought that I would really enjoy doing. And mm. so cool. It That's is really cool. It, yeah. It's, it's been, I, I now what I'm doing now with the podcast, it, I get to do it all. I get to do all the graphics, I get to do the little motion graphics for previews, blog posts, um, picking guests. I mean the, the 100% creative freedom, which I'm sure you guys can appreciate is yeah. Can help you learn some new things and also take risks. But um yeah yeah i mean why. the aesthetics of your your website your design for the for the podcast cover art and it all looks super clean and professional thanks man thank yeah, you yeah it's it's a it's it's really cool thank and you it's cool that it's happening here in in our hometown so yeah i uh, really quick what do you do uh day job full-time so full time. i'm at a small company downtown that was um started by uh some biotech scientists from eastern 
about 20 years ago and they have shifted their industry is more towards software development now but um in a iso and fda certified environment so in a quick quick rundown the product takes a, a image and then the algorithm will just interpret like test lines on that image so if it's a drug test or a pregnancy test or any lateral flow or pulls a liquid sample across a test line and the line either appears or it doesn't the software will interpret what that line is whether it's um, kind of there kind of not the interpreter the human interpretation is taken out of it so I do uh, manufacturing there so the build the product prepare it um, inventory control gotten into a little bit of international exporting which was intimidating but good to learn i guess <laughs> <laughs> no that's you know, cool the de- wow. department of commerce might have something to say about that but wow yeah so yeah it um how i got the job is i at wsu i worked at the creamery where they make cougar gold they um the one of the first products they developed was done they did like on in field testing at the creamery back in the day so my resume sort of stuck out because of that, and I was doing production there, so yeah. they need production as well here. So it's it's been, I've been there for eight years, it'll be in February, so. Neat. That's yeah. Awesome. I What I like about your intention with a podcast is that I've always grown up around creatives, a lot of musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, I your Mitch's Mitch's family is very entrepreneurial. There's all these different like self-start businesses and really cool people always have really cool ideas. And so I've always grown up around this and I like the idea of just going into just like who, what was, what's the name of the guy you interviewed last time? Jeremy Hansen. That I love the idea of going in there and just talking to him about yeah his restaurants, his ideas. Um, then again, I, I'm a little biased towards hogwash whiskey den. I love that. But just the idea of sitting down with different creatives and different entrepreneurs doing their own doing their own thing. I think that's fascinating. I I feel like I would have done something like that. Yeah, and you guys and you guys kind of are with Synotherapy when you, as you get more guests, you guys um it's it's in the same that's what I kind of mentioned. We have some parallels going on with the podcast and it it uh those conversations you never know what you're gonna stumble upon yeah and the conversation with jeremy specifically um we got into regulation and we started talking about yeah you know uh the governing bodies over depending on what industry you're in and and um he was telling me that him and his wife were talking about later that no one's really having that kind of conversation and because who would know to start that who like let's just start talking about the u.s department of agriculture Hmm. and you know there goes half the audience right away because no one cares but um i don't know it's just like when you learn a new industry exists you didn't know that that service was in existence until you know you just found out about it oh that makes total sense like there's a complete industry built around that yeah i mean i can't come up with an example right now as i tell the story but it's um it's interesting Mm -hmm. this sounds like the joe rogan podcast (laughs) (laughs) just go right into like governing bodies yeah oh yeah the hot button topics yeah <laughs> yeah uh that's a actually kind of impromptu question i have for you guys uh as you structure your episodes do you um how often do you guys like to sort of ad lib and get off track i mean i'm sure you come in with slightly somewhat of a plan but 
We always get off track. We always get off track. And I, Mitch is really good about coming up with like a general topic. Well, he'll usually come up with a few bullet points that we might get to. Okay. Um, I have a, I have a podcast format document. Nice. Yeah. And so I try to follow format. uh, When I say I, in terms of like directing the episode. Yeah. I like that by the way. When we get off topic, I'll allow it to go like I don't want to say allow like this I'm the regulating body but <laughs> yeah if I notice that it's it's just like we've gone on this tangent and this is more than likely going to be the reason people quit listening to the episode yeah uh I'll circle back and I'll say next on the docket Absolutely. we have or I'll just yeah. say so I wanted to ask this yeah. or um and we do make a lot I we make a lot of cuts yeah when we too. edit and for for us, that's mostly because we will go down one of those tangents a really long ways. And then uh, as I'm listening to it, I'm thinking, I don't know why I kept going on and on about that. There's a good end of the sentence. We'll cut it there. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. As you've listened to yourself, you're like, yeah, I get it. Like, it's my podcast and I'm doing all this, but like, let's, let's just cut this off like just stop talking guy please you learn you learn a lot about even in conversation now i'm sure you guys have seen and when you guys are in film so you have a lot more exposure to working with people and getting what you need from people yeah listening listening to what they're really saying yeah mitch is really good at um if we're if we're filming an interview um mitch will usually have a set of questions to kind of direct them in a to a certain place um and he likes to keep them pretty open-ended because he doesn't want a yes or no answer but i've noticed um he can mitch is really good at picking up on when somebody was maybe slightly uncomfortable with a question but they're they're it looked like it was a little too deep or Mm -hmm. they might have to be a little too vulnerable yeah and mitch is really good at making him feel comfortable and maybe asking that question again later and then they'll open up and then one of our internal mantras is always be rolling. The camera's always rolling. And we don't go, we don't do anything stupid with that. But the idea of like, maybe ask them that question again later after we've gotten to know each other a little bit. And then the we get this person and go just a little deeper on that topic. And then that ends up being the video that we made for them. And they were so excited about it. But they no one ever really thinks about that when you're, in the middle of the interview, yep. we've there have been some interviews where Mitch will ask a question. It's a little too open ended, and the person on camera's response is, "That's not part. No, that's not part of this interview. I don't yeah, want to do that." There, or that wasn't one of your questions. That wasn't one of the questions in the email you yeah. sent before. But I I figure out a way to circle back. Yeah, because in a in a way that it didn't sound like another question. Right. It's a, it's a, can you can you expand on this? With yeah. This in mind or whatever. Right. Cuz we're we're storytellers because we like telling stories. We like getting to know people's stories. Just just getting to know you and this like this cool full-time job and like your interest in all these creatives and we want to get into that. Mm-hmm. And so for us going just a little deeper even just past the surface of like yep. I make this product and this is why we're selling it and this is why we're making video about it and then we want to get to know why that person's so interested in yes this and it's we do this because we like we like doing this yeah this is like a dream day job 
Oh, absolutely. I'm very jealous of you guys. This would be this would be a dream. <laughs> I'm, I'm just joking. Um, for my employer, I'm joking. <laughs> for my employer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's um it always is kind of funny though thinking about like who's going to listen to this, like if who will stumble across this and Yeah. Cuz it's probably not your closest people. Like my wife probably isn't listening to this, but maybe not even some of my closest friends, but that's that's kind of something I've tried to learn is be accessible in a in a unique but general way, mm. <laughs> I guess, because this isn't for my family. This isn't for those people. This is for the audience I've yet to identify, you know? Mm, yeah. um, well, I, again, I'll say it, anybody listening on our end, if if you're looking for some more stuff to listen to on on the on the train or in on a, in your car for a commute uh amalgam is the amalgam podcast has some gold in it so thank you yeah yeah and so. i've i've truly i'm not saying this just because i wanted to get you guys interviewed but i do really really enjoy therapy too and i appreciate think, that yeah think thank if, you if any any interest in film at all check it out for sure cool neat thank um, you yeah absolutely well I'll take a question then. I think you guys started to talk about this a little bit on one of the most recent episodes I listened to, but starting pod- projects and initiating your workflow, what from like a software end, how does that how does that go? I know you guys use Premiere Pro for most of everything, but what else do you guys use? Flow, do you want to start with pre-production, production and then post-production? Sure. Pre-production, it's the that you know initial client relationship. It's coming up with a an understanding of what they want um, and what kind of story they're trying to tell. And so, usually, we don't have a formal questionnaire, but I usually ask you know a, a question, a set of questions that I know I'm going to want to hit on. And then, prior to filming, Sam and I have uh, some sort of shot list in place for b-roll like through digging with the client or through them just telling us something about whatever story we're going to tell let's Mm -hmm. say like the arc um you know they'll tell us a a little bit about the person that we're about to film prior Mm -hmm. prior to filming so we know kind of like what we're going to want to get or if it's multiple days of a shoot you know we hear this before the arc we hear this girl that we um did a documentary short on talk about her dog so it's like okay well i'm gonna want to get your dog (laughs) it's obviously a very important part of your story to you and this kind of helped humanize uh this person outside of their work environment Mm -hmm. uh anyway so we create those kind of shot list all that and uh then we go yeah we go out and film okay and then come in here dump the footage we gotta we do make a big point to organize the footage right away and, yeah. and i want to ask i want to interrupt there um adobe has uh do you, what do they call it? is it like prelude or preclude there's is a there, there's a there's a lot of adobe products now that, that i don't like ever pay pre, attention to pre like you just it's kind of like that i know for a long time there was cut bridge but yeah bridge i think probably morphed into another a couple different versions of it yep to help you organize files 
and we don't use any of that. We Nothing. just we just plug the card in, open up in Finder, Finder because we're on Mac. Yep. Not on a any don't, anything else. Don't get don't get don't get us in trouble. Yeah, don't get computer political. You know? We could get a little <laughs> computer political. Um, We'd be biased though. There's no one to defend Windows if we're not, you know, if we go that way. Okay, we'll <laughs> we'll we'll sit there. We'll sit there. I could go. I I know there are a lot of really cool um, like color grading shops. If we want to go down the the filmmaking route, there's a lot of really high end color grading shops that have custom Linux machines. Okay, and it is just unbelievable to see how this this giant rack of computer components translates to editing 8K footage in real time. We're not going to go there. We have we have MacBook Pros. Plug the little card reader in. Plug in our hard drive, organize the files on the hard drive, and we keep everything really organized in like the client, the project, the date, the date that we shot. Make sure it all goes in the same folder, and then um, usually Mitch has an external hard drive that he takes with him. I have one, and so if he's working on a project, we put it all on our big backup drive, and then we also put it on his so he can go edit off that one. Okay, and in Premiere. We create bins, which are like folders, mm-hmm. uh, assets, which includes logos and title card type stuff, uh, footy for footage. Uh, and footy is a very specific, specific file name. It yeah. has to be that. Okay. So, That's a joke. Technical. Uh, very technical. <laughs> and we have sequences and we have music and sometimes you know it can go on but those are typically the four and then we organize everything within there and under in footage we go through and as we're cutting for b-roll uh we will b-roll or talking head or interview we create a bunch of different sequences for all the different things that we yeah, got all the people. different uh, shot selects in the sequence is that kind of like in after effects they have compositions yep okay same thing gotcha so it's like a composition or sequence for the audience is just a general like it's an, a project within a project sort of thing yeah you've got you can nest them each right? sequence has a timeline yes yeah. You edit on that timeline. And you edit on that timeline. Put all your clips on that timeline. We we have a main timeline for the main story. Okay. But we have all these other sequences that the only reason shot selects are on the timeline are just so we have something to reference to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we go, you know, if it's a car ad, we'll create sequences for each of the cars that mm-hmm. we that we uh, shot that day. And so that when we're going to cut the spot, the final spot, this car is named. We know that we can go to this se- sequence and find that car, all of the shots yeah. with that car. And then if it's another car is named, we know what sequence to go to. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of pre-cutting before we go cut the. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it makes editing the final film super super quick when we do all of the pre yeah pre work. That's um. I think that was episode seven. You guys were talking about that. A yeah, little we bit. went pretty deep into that. And and Mitch, Mitch will probably write uh, an article on Medium about how we, what our else? yeah, our workflow, 
our workflow for projects and then our workflow inside Premiere. Because mm-hmm. um, I I have always kind of had oh an somewhat of an organization. Um, but Mitch walked in, took one look at it and started thinking about how do we really organize this and how do we, how do we create some best practices, especially if, as we start to add other editors or coloring art, color artists and different things, as if we get the chance, when we get the chance to start sending premiere files off to color shops to start color grading stuff, we, we need to make sure we know how we're organized so that other people understand it. And so Mitch has done a really good job of restructuring that structuring it and um he'll definitely you're right episode seven of our podcast we talked about that um and then you got to write that article because yeah. i'm really this is gonna really excite everyone on your, on no, your podcast whatever no <laughs> yeah this is my podcast they'll listen to what i what i put out there. i actually i do have a question now you mentioned that you are into after effects yes what do you do with after effects so um uh, what I do now is I'll do a little 60 second audio preview for each episode and I'll do generally it's just been me messing with the audio spectrum effect and masking that or doing something with that to just because when you're scrolling through I don't know how you guys have it set up but I I don't have my volume turn on automatically for Instagram so I had some sort of motion in there so that it would as the audience you're like oh I need to turn the sound on yeah and um, it started there and then um well, I bought the Adobe's Classroom in a book. You know how they'll do that for yeah. each thing? I bought that for After Effects, like the 2015 version or so. And um, I loved it. And I realized that the workflow from Illustrator, which is probably what I'm most proficient in, it is what I'm most proficient in, can go and be ultra manipulated in After Effects. And yes. that started getting my mind kind of spinning towards where I'm at now with Adobe's new character animator that they've come out with. I'm going to work on um, sketching by hand, so sketching out a cartoon character or a character, and then using Adobe Draw on the phone to sketch it as a vector, export that to Illustrator, finalize it, put that character, put that into Character Animator, and animate it for then After Effects, I think. And then, and eventually make, for a personal project, I want to make some little cartoons or something like that. Dude. <laughs> It's awesome. Yeah. I that mean, is awesome. We're the generation where South Park was really in its like the gold of the of those years back when we were younger. But um in at WSU we were learning three D animation in Maya and that's what everybody else used. And um I just I don't know. I thought animation's been to me that's that's probably my favorite medium. I think it's hilarious. I think like the adult swim ten minute episode type stuff. Like that's the perfect format for animation. It's a very rapid fire, quick episode. So we've got that's some got some ideas. It's awesome. Thanks. Oh, yeah, that's I'm, awesome. I'm really excited because we just I just did it for a friend. He's got a YouTube channel called uh, Telesplash Gaming, but he considers himself like a huge troll as far as making fun of people and bugging people. And so his page is or his tagline is trolling and rolling. So. We're going to animate a little troll. We drew his face and his head and everything and then um, did that whole workflow and then dump it into character animator once the body's ready and try and get some, you know, like choking people out or something. He's into jujitsu, so it's trolling and rolling and 
Oh my gosh. It's good. It, oh my gosh. It's those personal projects that you like, you work the kinks out and you learn like, okay, I can do this from start to finish. And yeah. Then, then you can really see where it goes after that. But it that's the plan for this year is to have something animated by the end of the year. That's I like awesome. that. Yeah. That's Thanks. awesome. <laughs> that is super funny and cool. <laughs> We're just doing little logo reveals inside After Effects. <laughs> Like uh, transitions and stuff, or like, um, what do they call? What's the like technical term for? I guess it'd just be the title screen. But when they're showing the like, like a game developer does their little animation before the title screen to a game, or the movies, they have their production house animations. Is that just what's the technical term for that? Logo reveal. We just call it a logo reveal. Yeah, that's probably yeah. (laughs) And like for for us for our brand for the the Inland Film Co, um, like the design of our brand, the look of our brand, we usually just have like the the Montserrat font and then re- something really simple. Mm-hmm. Text usually in white over top of whatever it is because we're about cinematic marketing videos. We like to have some sort of a visual um, if we're going to put text over it. Gotcha. Or just like on black. Okay. Text on black. So usually if we animate something inside After Effects, it's a piece of text and it either flips out or Yep. Um can you can you can you feel in the audio, can you feel my hands talking? <laughs> um So we like yesterday we had a we are finishing up this this uh client film. It's going to go on YouTube and we needed their little logo to flip out on the screen and then yeah. reveal the whole text and we just call it a logo reveal super simple That's and awesome. what i like about after effects is that it it is kind of like illustrator yeah i don't understand illustrator at all um i studied photography studio photography portrait photography lighting photoshop yep and that was that was it and f- the program that i um uh, the college program I studied at most of the photographers leave there thinking that well I know Photoshop so I'm also a graphic designer and that is grossly inaccurate um, because I married someone with a graphic design degree and I work with someone who it has a great background in graphic design and I know full well I am not a graphic designer just because I know how to use Photoshop but as I started to get into After Effects, if someone gives me a good design, I can make it move. I can add motion blur to it. I can. Okay. Okay. Can, but um, every time either my wife sends me a, a, a design for an After Effects or um, an Illustrator file, or Mitch sends me an Illustrator file because I'm in After Effects, I kind of get it. Yeah. It's making sense. Yeah. It's um that, that classroom in a book. Anytime I hop on Reddit or whatever, it follow the Illustrator subreddit or After Effects subreddit. And, um, Anytime somebody's like, anybody got any tips for, I just want to start out. And it's like the first comment I can get to them is just buy the classroom in a book. It's like yeah. 30 bucks. Yeah. And you'll do, you'll do a third of the chapters and realize, oh, I can already do what I wanted to do when I set out to do, get started yeah. there. Um, yeah. It's funny how you say you're good in Photoshop, but Illustrator you're not. And that's the exact opposite for me because Adobe, one, my one gripe about Adobe is that they don't make a uniform like way about things like oh if you gosh. scroll left yeah. in a in a dial or something 
like you might have to scroll vertically instead of horizontally yeah. in one program verse. These are simple, you know, complaints, but it is from a user experience. Like it, it is interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's annoying that there's not that unity mm-hmm. between the, the, you know, different, uh, shortcuts and locations. Yeah. Yeah. But it also makes sense. They're all, they all have their own teams. Yeah. And they, but they should be talking to each other more. I, I agree. Right. I think they're starting to, because they're we're starting to see a lot of crossover in each of the apps, or two apps will merge into one, or right. like they're they're forming they're forming so many. If you get a if you have the Adobe um, Creative Cloud, yeah. Every time I have to go up and click on the little Creative Cloud icon just to make sure that my Premiere is up to date, there's more and more and more apps in there that they keep putting out so i it is impressive to talk more each yeah. of the teams the um adobe xd that user interface design thing i hope they keep pushing that because that's that's pretty sweet you can i don't know if you guys have used it but you can send a link out to the team or the client or whoever and they have a live like active interface that they can run through and check out and you can you map it all out. You can link. You can do animations. You you literally can design the app without a lick of code, and then huh. send that off to get approval of like, is this the workflow you want? Is this the location? Is this that? Huh. And um, they're they're like a couple of steps away from like you could just market that thing as as literally a hyperlink, and you're designing people apps. You know what I mean? Wow. But yeah, they keep pushing new stuff. It's and then they take stuff away too. Like they, how oh, that didn't really work out. There's no, no audience or no market for that. And thank God they finally <laughs> killed Flash. <laughs> so that's a that's a. Tell me the history of Flash. Why why is why kill Flash? Because Flash sucks. <laughs> it's awful. I have to have a plugin. <clears throat> it doesn't run on so many different people's. You know every. No browser was ever up to date with the latest Flash plugin. It was just an absurd way to get things okay. to people. So yeah, that makes sense. But the Flash days, Flash gaming and right. Flash ads. I mean, there was a hot day where like it 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 had its place in history online. It needed to be there for the time being. But you know, when people started figuring out how to do everything through html html5 and whatnot mm-hmm. that's when it's when it could go away that's now. when it could go away yeah and i'm not speaking from any technical standpoint i'm not i'm not a software engineer so i just yeah you gotta be careful around software engineers i work with one and and i've i've learned to you know respect respect this like in a job like don't say oh that would be easy to do like in the graphic design world just photoshop it you know what i mean yeah or like oh you could just add that functionality or well this is something that we could just do on an iphone okay yeah then do it on an iphone do it on an iphone because you know if you don't like our budget for how we would do it then and you think it'd be done on an iphone it probably can and you probably should just go that route there you go there you go (laughs) I got a question for you guys. What is a daily and where where does that come from? What's that? Ooh, the daily reel. The yeah. daily reel. Episode 001 of the Cinetherapy podcast. We, you want me to run with this? 
Yeah, I'm going to let you run with it because it was all your idea. <laughs> I thought you were nuts. So you go for it. <laughs> so we'll start with the, in the filmmaking world, a daily. Yes. A daily is, the dailies are the shots that you collected from a single day. Okay. And in the film world, someone will go, uh, the editor or a DIT. DIT? Anyways, the editor for sure. There's a data something manager yeah. on set who you literally just. Give them a. Uh, you give keep them a drive. handing them drives or cards from the cameras, and they're just they're downloading going and, and organizing. Yeah, and and organizing and backing up. Uh, the at the end of the day, the you know the director keeps filming throughout the day. Well, someone is taking all of that footage and putting it on a timeline, cutting the shot for each of their, you know each of the shots that they're collecting throughout that day, putting them on a, a timeline, potentially oftentimes adding a grade just to for just reference. To reference, like this is kind of what we think it'll look like a color grade. Of, mm-hmm. of, yeah. Uh, and they, at the, that night director goes back to their hotel room and while they're eating dinner, they're reviewing the dailies. Like the, so the, they put it up on the screen and they watch the dailies. And then if they see, they'll usually keep note of the shots that they liked. Um, and then if they see a whole sequence of shots that they didn't like everything, they'll add that to the list of like, we need to reshoot this. Mm-hmm. And then on a free day, they'll go, which nobody wants to reshoot anything mm-hmm. because it costs money. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so, I'll start with the history of what a daily is, but Gary V, as we were talking about Gary earlier, v, he's back. He had, uh, he had, I think his name's Nicholas Morales. I've said it on the podcast before. Um, I don't remember exactly, but this Vine star, remember mm-hmm. Vine? Oh yeah, yeah. So he had a couple million subscribers, and he was getting paid uh, by big brands to come up with these eight second jingles, you know, and but every day he released a new like little funny music video thing in eight, eight seconds and Vine shut down and he lost his whole following yeah. and Gary Vaynerchuk, he was on his podcast and Gary Vaynerchuk told him you should, I am challenging you to release a new song every single day for the next year. And he said, you know, do you have a bunch of songs? He's like, yeah, I have, I have, over a hundred songs, you know, ready to go, ready to go or whatever. And he's like, every single day you need to post a new song and share it on all the platforms. And he basically saying, you will see results that you'll either get noticed by somebody or you'll, you know, your following will continue to grow where your, your audience, where, you know, you're worth more for advertisers and all that kind of stuff. Anyways. And he was hesitant to sign up for that idea, and Gary Vaynerchuk told him, "He said, I will literally never talk to you again if you <laughs> if you don't if you don't do this." And uh, I don't know if he ever went and did that. I didn't follow up or 
but to see if he actually started posting song every day. Um, it was just that podcast. I was listening to it and it was right around the same time that I was, uh, I was leaving my other job to come, um, start and do inland with, with Sam. And, uh, uh, anyways, we made our reel, our film reel December, 2017 and posted it. And we're really proud of it. It had a great reception. We landed a couple clients out the gate because of it. Um, and it was a lot of fun. So I was like, we need to keep up this, this idea of doing things for, you know, for us, for our own marketing purposes and also for our own creative, you know, juices to be flowing and whatever. And that podcast had stuck with me. So I texted Sam one night I had cut together uh, the first daily reel and I sent it to him and I was like, hashtag daily reel. We we're going to post these every single day. <laughs> and Sam goes, yeah, you know, I think we have enough footage. Um, I think we have enough footage for another week. Um, to and make I was one like, next no, week. make one next week. And I go, no, we're going to post another one the next day because it's a daily reel and then it clicked he thought I was crazy I need to answer this yes sorry that's okay I thought he was crazy because it's kind of like when I decided I was going to add a blog post for each episode it's kind of like well that's my buddy told me that's just more work you know and it's like yeah but I'll learn something posting every day is really it's it's really hard sometimes. The idea is that we have a bunch of them ready to go and we have a backlog. So all we yeah. have to do is just click post or get them on get them get them all scheduled. We post on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so for the most part Facebook and YouTube can be scheduled. Instagram and Twitter are a little different. We have to do those manually, but we've gotten to a point now where the dailies are are kind of dailies like yesterday i this this doesn't there's no time here one of the dailies we posted recently as of recording this it was yesterday's um it was a shot of my son my toddler walking into the office and mitch is his uncle because i yep back to i married his sister yep my son walks into the office and gives uncle mitch a hug and I was testing out our new gear. I had our Ronin 2 and our Easy Rig, and I was following him into the office. It was fun for my son because he saw dad wearing all the goofy, yeah. this whole goofy thing whole with all the cool up. cameras. But it was also legitimately, I'm testing out this piece of equipment and I'm following a toddler and I was trying to get it at a low angle. And so I threw that shot on my computer, put our little hashtag daily reel logo reveal, Inland Film Co., and posted it. That was a daily mm-hmm. in its truest form because I just shot yes. it and I uploaded it and we're going to... Mitch and I are legitimately reviewing. Okay, so with it that low, with the Ronin that low, um, it was kind of dark, so how was the sensor handling this scene? That was literally a daily. Yep. And that happens a lot where we went out and we shot a car ad and we're reviewing the footage and we take eh, these two shots. These three shots are pretty cool together let's make a daily reel out of this and post it. That was easy because we were reviewing the footage. Yes. So it's, but I, I, I legitimately thought Mitch was insane. Like yes. we are going to, we're going to get burnt out so fast. Yes. 
sometimes we do get burnt out. Um, our wives get burnt out on us doing this because if we didn't, if we had a couple of long shoot days, yeah, we're going to end up also getting home and having to edit a daily that night. Right. So like the last few days have been a lot of editing. And so we're able to at least export a daily while we're editing. But I did have to make a couple of dailies late last, late last night, the night before. And I don't get to hang out with my wife. Yeah. I'm at least paying attention and being there for family time. Mitch does the same thing. We're trying to get home and be part of the family, but then sometimes we got to make sure that we get a daily out. Yep. Open up the laptop again. Yeah. Sorry guys. That's okay. That's all right. We just talked bad about you while you were gone. Right on. It's no big deal. Right on. Thank you for being patient. So to kind of finish up the conversation about the dailies. Yep. It's been a year of posting a video every single day for us. Congratulations. Week, weekdays. We don't do weekends. Five days a week. Five days a week. Business days. Um, and some holidays we, we took take, off. Yeah. Not all of them. Kind of take off that Christmas through New Year's. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of weeks. But I think that's the time to take off these days anymore. Yeah. We've posted every day. And we've noticed that we have gotten some clients because they see that we post every day. Or they really liked... They really liked the raw nature of like a lot of times it's a daily can be um, the shot that made it into the final edit of a client film. But we also show like all the stuff before and after. Mm -hmm. So you see us struggling to get the camera set up and then we're locked in and there's that shot that we actually use in the client film and then whatever happened after. We've 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 won some clients over because we post every day because of the way we post every day. Um, a lot of the people that a lot of the creatives we get to work with now saw that we post every day and they thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the guys, Cameron Hotchkiss, he was on the podcast. Yep, his wife saw that we post every day saw that we were out in a different part of town than all the rest of the creatives in Spokane. Uh, we li- we're actually we actually work and live in the same area as him and his wife saw that we post every day and she's like, do you know who these guys are? You should go check them out. And now we, now we bring him on as a, as either a camera operator or a, a production assistant. Um, we get to work with him and we get, to, we had him on the podcast. He talked, he does it. He makes adventure films. He's a cinematographer, yeah. really cool stuff. Yeah. Because we post every day. Right. So it might be really difficult sometimes to get it done. And it might have been a really ridiculous idea. It still is a ridiculous idea, but <laughs> it's it's turning into that snowball. The snowball's getting bigger. Yeah, that's great. The, it it's true. The I mentioned I do that sixty second audio preview with the little audio spectrum. Yeah. And um, just this morning I got an email from a guy. We've been going back and forth. He thought he thought I was based in Bellingham because I had so many guests from Bellingham on the show. And um, it's like no, I'm in Spokane, but he's. He asks a couple of questions, but one of them was like, how did you do the graphics for that with the audio spectrum? That's so cool. And it's like, had I not done that, you know, this guy wouldn't have seen it, wouldn't have wanted something potentially for his own, you know, podcast that he can use and expand on. And um, it is, it's it's weird when you get those reactions like, uh, oh, it definitely paid off. Like yeah. it, all the work, it, it paid off, even if it's just once, even if one client, you know, mm-hmm. comes from 300 dailies, you mm-hmm. know. That's something. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's for awesome. sure. I'm going to take a quick sec to hijack the conversation. Go for, for it. Just a tangent. You can cut this from yours if you want. Okay. Uh, next episode, <clears throat> zero one zero episode 10, we will discuss why we chose Ronan over Moby or Free Fly. Zach Trinka, Zach Trinka asked that asked, for yeah. him to be on the next episode, and we're not going to talk about it today. Sorry, Zach. We'll talk about it next week, but it gives Good you call. something to look forward to. It's yeah, it's planned now. Yeah, you know, it's that the teaser. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Stay tuned. Okay. Um. Anyways. Yeah. You said something about a guy seeing you on Instagram and yeah, reaching out and asking you something, and that made me. Re- that reminded me. Oh yeah, we had that happen recently. Yeah. And we probably should, we should probably at least reference it. So that would be a really big, long conversation. I yeah. kind of am. Yeah. You'll just talk and I'll listen. <laughs> a lot of the reason that we made the decision we made is Are you because really? of, we're not going to go into it. <laughs> you said, I'll do all the talking, but a lot of the reasoning behind it is because of, is because of our director here at Inland Film Co. having big plans <laughs> for what we want to do with it. So you will do a lot of talking too. Um, originally, oh my gosh! <laughs> originally, in our relationship here, I nerded out over gear a lot. Mm-hmm. Mitch has started to um, take over that. Mitch has started to nerd out too, and he influences the way that I start geeking out about gear. It all has to make sense, though. You ra- you jumped into the rabbit hole with me, and like this Alice in Wonderland, we've been falling together, and the rabbit hole goes deeper and deeper and deeper. There, this yes, you're right. It's it's with purpose though, and with sustainability in mind. Like our, yeah, you know, our our feeding our families comes first. Yeah, um, we haven't purchased gear like big purchases in the last since we started yeah, since we started so, okay. i had we started i had a big camera okay um we have the sony fs7 which we use all the time that's what we're recording on now okay um i had that and i had the lenses and i had most of the gear um i think it's something i'm proud of that yeah that we went our first year and gen- generated enough revenue on what we already had yeah with the fs7 to be able to go um, make some pretty sweet expansions. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Purchases, so. Yeah. Because you guys are keeping the goal of like the content will be what sells. Like the, it's yeah, not. Yeah, content is king. Yeah, the gear is not going to produce better content necessarily. It might have yeah. a better polish on it, but you, you know, your job is still to direct and tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. And it's helped us be being minimalistic with our gear choices um it's helped us be more creative okay um i've always i've always been of the thought that lim- being having limitations on on your gear or on uh yeah having limitations sparks creativity mm-hmm. um well i don't have that thing so how do i m- get the same feeling and then you come up with this crazy idea and then it works and then people are asking you how you did it yeah 
so for our first year of business, we operated with one camera, a couple of lenses and some lights, and then a couple of microphones. We both have a MacBook Pro, each of us. Yep. That's it. We're not, we don't have giant screens. We don't have giant reference monitor speakers. Right. Or like the trash can Mac Pro yeah. and all that. Um, and, and we have found some really creative ways to make things look the way we want, sound the way we want. Um, Mitch found, we, we heard someone talk about a certain kind of microphone. This is what you should use for recording audio indoors. Mitch had that microphone from recording, from recording music in high school. He had that microphone lying around. So we've been super minimalistic. We've, we've been able to build the kind of a brand we, we like and make everything look the right way. And, Mm -hmm. and it has been, I think a really cool experience to stay so minimalistic. We've watched a lot of people around us in this industry buy gear, get rid of gear, buy more gear. And, and the quality stays right. Like the message is not changing with the gear. It's just, yeah. Same, same sort of, it would have been there. Yeah. So Mitch says buying gear with a, with a purpose. We made some decisions to get a few new things because, all right, in the last year, what have we done? What would have made it easier mm-hmm. for the next year? What do we plan on doing? Okay, let's get these tools. Like the phases. Phases. That's, that's what the Zoom and the new SM58 mics were. Is like, okay, yeah. I put a year into it. I do enjoy doing this. There's some things coming up where I might need more than one microphone. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, yeah, it's a, okay, a year's been done. Let's do a little bit more. And then, you know, the goal, like you'd like to think five, 10 years ahead, like the phase three would be this, but that's a ways away. Yeah. Do work hard or work on perfecting what you're trying to do now. Yeah. That's what you got. But I'm, I am, that is awesome. You guys got some new, new equipment. I got some new equipment. It's going to be, yeah. 2019 is going to be a lot of fun. 2019 is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just, yeah. I, um, what do you guys, uh, what do you guys think? As far as how long do you guys normally go? About an hour or so? Yeah, yeah. ours are about an hour. We talk for sometimes close to two hours. And I it saw, gets cut down to an hour. Yeah, yeah. I saw yours ranges from your shortest, like 40 minutes. Yeah. And your longest was an hour and 20 yeah. or something like that. Um, I think that's our, I think that's been about ours as well. We, we've we've stuck mostly around that hour mark. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of the sweet spot, I think. I mean, that's a... Especially if the conversation's really moving. Sometimes other podcasts that are established and things like that, they can talk about whatever they want and do it for three hours and I can skip through and get an hours of content out of it. But yeah. are there any other pressing questions or things that you like um, would have liked to because we it doesn't matter to us if people have double heard it or it's whatnot. it's interesting to just sit across from another person and be able to ask questions and yeah. answer yeah. them uh you know be asked questions answer them and then ask questions and hear your answers so absolutely it is it is for me too because no one's really had to interview me i'm i've just been kind of i did one episode where i i monologued and it was just me on the mic and i talked for 45 minutes by myself about you know kind of the things i'm answering you guys but that was um that was really weird <laughs> that was like <laughs> not i don't know like I did it so that if I do it again, it's like it's known that that could happen from time to time. But I yeah. don't know how much I would like that doing that on my own yeah. all the time. Like that would be thankfully hard. if we don't have a guest, 
on our podcast. It's still just Mitch and I talking to each other. So it's not just one of us in a room alone. Yeah. I mean, even then, though, the first time we did that was weird, you know? It was super weird. I I definitely felt super weird about talking. The opening... Um, the we we usually show like something from something a highlight from the episode and then we have our intro. Yeah, the highlight from the first episode was me just saying, "We're actually recording a podcast yeah. right now. What are we doing?" I think you wanted to cut a lot more in the first episode than me. I yeah. said, "No, I want I want it all there as much as possible." Um, <clears throat> that makes sense. I want it there because I want to hear that first episode and be able to reference it Yes, and say, wow, that was, yeah, wow, that was bad. I said, um, a lot. Yeah. You know, and now I think I'm a little bit better on on the microphone in this environment, in this format, and... anyways, and that that, that makes me smile. And then, you you have to have that first one. Yeah, this is going to be episode nine. Uh, eight that have actually been recorded here, you know, sitting mm-hmm. in in this environment, and that makes me that makes me excited. And you know, yeah. I, I want to be able to look at episode twenty and say, "Wow!" Like since our ninth episode, I've yep. gotten even better. Yes, you know? yeah. And this also like sitting down and recording a podcast for us pushes us. Technically, we're learning about audio i mean there's a whole setup process for these microphones for the audio recording i'm learning about compressors and about equalizing and and that helps us when we actually go out in the field and record client stuff um we're learning about how to ask questions yes this is also another testing ground for us mitch is learning how to get a reaction out of me i'm learning how to get a reaction out of him when we have guests on we're interviewing and so Mm -hmm. i mean this is all it's all applicable yeah yeah it's and um and like you said once you get a few under your belt that confidence truly does start to build and that i'm more comfortable and like going into you know meeting you guys and and we've met before but we didn't know it was under the same necessarily yeah running podcast but yeah the um you know you learn to go into a room and have a conversation with people that don't really know that well you know, and engaging, getting getting a, a discussion out of a question, learning how to phrase that question, when to when to lead into it, what to start with. It, yeah, you, you do learn really. I mean, trial by fire, but you do learn really well. We had someone. We had someone stop into the studio this last week. We were talking talking to them, getting to know their story, and we went a little deep. They started telling us like this this really deep story from their childhood and and after a couple minutes they stopped and they're like you're both looking at me kind of funny and mitch and i realized oh no we're 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 really into this yeah we're really interested in what you have to say and we had to make him like reassure him like yeah we're looking at you because we're taking this in this is powerful and we enjoy this and so you're right like you get to know how to yeah, how to, to be but, interested in in what people are have have to say. Exactly, how to lead a little bit, lead the conversation, but also like completely let go and step back when okay, they're expanding on something. We need to get get this That's a out. Good point. I am um, and and saying ums and yes, and I I notice when someone's talking, I I want them to feel like I'm listening and actively listening. So I'll go yeah, uh huh, mm hmm, yep, you know, and like and like and then I'm 
editing it and it's just like, dude. Why do you keep doing Yeah, please this? stop confirming that every time. That is that is something we deal with in our in our client projects. Have like hearing you have to work on not responding. Yeah. And but but how do you still make that person know that you're actively engaging? But yes. I can't if I make a noise it shows up on camera and I don't want that. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I've had just from my own like filming the kids and stuff, like I've started to learn to just whisper when, you know, somebody asks you a question, I'm like, yeah, it's over there in the thing. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's like I shooting I'm shooting the kids, but you know, years from now we'll be watching this and all of the volume turned up and then I'll be like, what? Yeah, yeah. Like yelling. My, my wife, this is a funny thing in our house. I take, I take videos mm-hmm. when our kid does something funny. I take a video. My wife likes to take pictures. She wants to be able to text a picture to her mom. She wants yep. to be able to text a picture to my mom. I like taking videos and I think it stems back to my, my grandma was a, she took video and I loved being able to sit down and watch the videos of things more than I like looking at the photos of things. Yeah. So I know based on how much I enjoy as an adult watching the videos of, of us as kids, I want to make sure that my son has the video. Yes. So there are countless gigabytes of videos of my toddler doing something funny, me trying to be quiet and trying to hold it still and then my wife in the background going, hey, so we have dinner with so-and-so. Oh, oh you're taking a video. Why don't you tell me? I'm like, okay, well, that's on camera now. And I'm going to keep rolling because he's going to keep doing this funny thing. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's almost like a, it's like a subconscious thing, you know? Like she wants to ask you a question the second you start rolling. But- it, oh my gosh, the second you start rolling... That's when that's when they want yeah. to have a conversation. Yeah. And I'm sure there's some things that, that we do as well that they're like, dude, I just started something. Please leave me alone. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, I, no. No, of course not. <laughs> Guaranteed that's true. Yeah. Every time I get my toddler set up doing something so that I can go take a shower, my wife says the same thing. Every time she gets him set up to do something while she goes to take a shower, that's when he's bored of the show and he doesn't want to watch it. Mm-hmm. But at any other time, he's glued to that show and you can't get him to turn it off. But if you're just trying to distract him so you can take a shower, no, he doesn't want that. He wants your attention. Yeah. They pick up on it, man. They can tell. It's, it's tough to trick your kids sometimes. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. So for for us what um what kind of films do you like? Okay. Um my favorite films right, or TV. Films or TV. So to be honest, I I have a really hard time sticking with television shows these days. There's so much. Yeah. And there's so many seasons of everything. It, the commitments are bombard me. I've, and I tried to start doing some other things. Like I tried to start reading again in the last couple of years. And, and so, nice. but I love, 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 love just movies. I'll wait and I'll still, you know, pick a specific movie and hunt it down and find it. For example, a few years ago, no one was showing Sicario in the regular theaters. I had to go to Magic Lantern to see it. But, um, that guy, Taylor Sheridan, and then, um, probably right behind him is Wes Anderson films. I really, really, that's just my, my niche. Um, 
the life aquatic was my favorite but that uh the what's the hotel one the Grand, the Grand, Grand Budapest. Budapest, yes. That I would, was. I need to rewatch that again. I would pin you as a Wes Anderson kind of guy. You would, yeah, yeah. You I, seem weird enough. Yeah. <laughs> what about Royal Tenenbaums? I loved it, um, and that was actually like the only one my family we went and saw together, and they loved it. But I was a little young when it first came out. But as I got older, I loved it. Like a Ben Stiller's characters, yeah, probably my favorite. But, um, yeah, that one's that one's definitely out there but compared to like i don't know um the darjeeling limited yeah or moonlight kingdom i'd, I'd take i'd go life aquatic and then probably grand budapest then royal tenenbaums yeah i like that he started out with sicario and then wes anderson <laughs> well taylor taylor sheridan so i've tried to get better about writers and and the people who are like it's really I don't know. He's the writer. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And he wrote uh, Wind River, that film on Netflix with Jeremy yeah, Renner. With Jeremy Renner. I haven't seen it. I've heard it's good. Really good. And then he also wrote um, uh, that one with Jeff Bridges, Hell or High Water, and Chris oh, okay. Pine and okay. Ben, ben what's so, Foster really? or whatever. So he wrote all those at the same time, Yeah. but they obviously became produced at other times. You said Sicario and Taylor Sheridan- and I didn't know who the writer was. And I was thinking, it must be the writer because I know the director and DP for Sicario. Okay. Denis de Villanueva. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Villanueva or yeah, something. Yeah, he did um, He did Blade Runner 2049. Yes. He did Arrival. And then he had, I think Roger Deakins yes. was his... DP for Sicario. He was not for Arrival, but he was for 2049. That's okay. I'm glad he picked Bradford Young for Arrival because yeah. Bradford Young killed it. What That's else right. has Bradford Young done? Bradford Young is a director of photography who did uh, he did Arrival, he did Selma, he did Solo, the newest yeah. Star Wars film. He is known for He's known for very dark scenes, mm -hmm. usually lighting with one light. Mm -hmm. And I am, I think Bradford Young was the first cinematographer that I really got into. Okay. Because um, he's young. He's in his mid-30s, mid to late 30s. Um, and his the first, I think Arrival was the first film that I I was fascinated by the DP. Mm -hmm. I was, I had to get to know this DP and all the other films he did and all the other films he slated to do. I needed to find behind the scenes of him talking about it. And then that kind of sparked me into, uh, sparked my interest in director of photography, getting to know other DPs and their work. Really glad that he picked Bradford Young to do Arrival. Yeah. Beautiful. The, um, the, this is probably kind of cliche, but the Coen brothers, obviously, I've got a lot of respect That's for them. That's not cliche. <laughs> that is not cliche. And you then, can talk about Coen brothers in this I'll, office all okay. you want. Okay, good. But the TV show, they did uh, the spinoff of Fargo. Mm -hmm. The second season specifically, as far as TV shows, I really liked that one. 
I, I mean, still the whole not watch Fargo. The it's, movie, the, I mean, the TV show. The TV, TV show, show, yeah, it's beautiful. It is, and the second oh season gosh. was they jumped back to the seventies or something like that, and yeah. it's just they killed it. The colors in that are amazing. Um, Kirsten Dunst is actually pretty funny in that. And uh, right on, yeah. And then TV shows. Other than that, um, I, I, you know, I'm feel like the ones I most recently finished was Game of Thrones. Me and my wife hadn't really watched it at all, and we did a free trial of HBO, and in 21 days we did the whole, whole series. Oh my yeah. gosh! Wow. Yeah, and we had, we have two little ones, so we hadn't, you know. The days of Netflixing wow. binges were well well behind us, and now this was like we couldn't stop. You guys were up late, yeah, and it was just to make kids as dinner as fast as possible, and then get them get them out of the room. So we that is watching. incredible. It was it was. I mean, I'm I'm proud we did it because now everybody I'm could proud be like, we did it. Well, now when people are like, have you seen Game of Thrones? I can be like, yes, leave me alone. You know what I mean? Like, it's great, but as far as high fantasy goes, like it's not. You know, to me, it's not the best. There will be better series, I think, that will be, you know, you know, it's all based off large book series, and so they're gonna do Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Did you hear that? They're yeah. redoing them. So Amazon TV show. Amazon bought the rights from from the Tolkien Found. Foundation, New Line Cinema, and some oh, and um, uh, the publishing company bought the rights to do a TV series for $250 million. Well, that doesn't seem like, does that, you guys tell me, is that about the right price or I mean, what did, that's a lot of money. That's for, a lot of for money. Just right. Just the rights. Okay. To just, you know, I mean, gotcha. to produce the, the, the show, they, they imagine it's going to take a billion dollars. They're going to spend a billion dollars on a series, which I like the idea of mini series, the like band of brothers or, um, Back when True Detectives first season came out and they just they start a story, they end it. I love that yeah. a lot. This yeah. sounds like they might try and squeeze every penny they can out of it though and get series after series going. But yeah. I mean, it's okay. The Lord of the Rings, I mean, that's where it all started. Tolkien was writing that what in like the fifties and sixties? No, way way before that. Before that. Oh wow. This was this was like um thirties and forties. Okay. This was he was writing during World War Two. Okay. World War wow. World War, World War Two. And then you have you have these like the song of fire and ice or whatever, which is Game of Thrones. That's mm, George R. R. Martin. Yeah, and he's late two thousands or two thousands esque. I think he started writing in the nineties. Oh, he's in the nineties. Yeah. Okay. The series, I think, I want to believe that that's when he started writing it. It might have been early. 2000s. And you're right. Like they're building a, a universe, so yeah. the planning and the the ideas start well before any book is ever remotely started. I'm sure. The um, then you got Wheel of Time, which is a big high fantasy series. So that's I think in the '80s, and they'll probably start doing a series on that eventually. And then some books I'm reading right now is uh, the Malazan Book of the Fallen. It's um, this guy started it in the late and early '90s, and then took ten years to write books two through ten because it started out it was a novel, then it was a movie, then it was a novel again, and then finally he's like, all right, let's settle down, let's just write books published the first one took you know another writer with them and they published nine more and i'm about i'm on the fourth right now but that one if they make a series out of like a high fantasy series out of that that's i think gonna be the best but I'm gosh the, I'm, the, I'm the i love it yeah I'm too, I love it too. Uh, too nerdy for some people but it's 
I mean, it's the one of the most famous shows in the world right now is based off a high fantasy book series. So yeah, the Lord of the Rings movies, I think they were pretty popular when they yeah. came out. Unfortunately, it you know it means that shows I fall in love with get canceled or cut. You know, yeah, when they make those big, big purchase, big purchases. Got it. It's got to come from the jungle. I was so stoked on that show, and <laughs> and it's gone because. Amazon had to go buy Lord of the Rings, you know. True. I love Lord of the Rings, don't get me wrong. But, uh, but you were really into Mozart in the Jungle? I was really into Mozart in the Jungle. It's a freaking hilarious show. It's It was really well done, too. That's funny. What were you going to say? I was just going to say Game of Thrones gave uh, HBO the confidence to greenlight one of my all-time favorite TV shows, which is Westworld, the first oh. season, and only the first that season. That should have been... Like you said, a miniseries. A miniseries. It should have gotcha. ended. Should have ended after first season because first season is just beautiful. Yes. Second season, I liked some things and I really didn't like other things and I really don't care. If I tell someone to watch Westworld, I only tell them to watch season one because it's amazing. Yeah. But the only reason that HBO felt comfortable enough to greenlight that, the budget, the massive budget for that, the huge sets they had to build because Game of Thrones was so successful mm-hmm. and they were pumping so much money into that and because it was mm-hmm. a great payoff they gave what is it uh, what's the Noland uh, Jonathan Jonathan Nolan, Nolan. they gave him brother. the oh, yeah. gave him the, the green light to do his ridiculous huge budget TV show Westworld yeah that's right it's a it's a Nolan connection with that show I forgot yeah they always have something to do with time <laughs> They always have something to do with time. <laughs> Memento. Memento, yeah. And then, you know, the dark night, time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I have um I had I had last Saturday all by myself. My wife Nice. My wife went out to a baby shower. I put my son down for a nap. Nice. And I turned on the dark night. Yeah. Those there's there's certain trilogies that every few years it's like, let's fire these up. Let's get them. Let's get them regurgitated. Um, the the Born trilogy is kind of like that for me with the Dark oh, yeah. Knight trilogy. Oh yeah. Um, another TV show. I don't know why I didn't say this. I did just finish it, and I absolutely love it. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Patriot. Have you heard of that? I've seen the artwork, but so I have not watched it. The first season, they it was a while ago. I think a couple years ago or a year and a half. And they also, Amazon does this thing where they'll put the pilot episode out, but then a yeah. year and a half later, the season will come out. Yeah. Cause they want to see what the audience's reception is. Yeah. Which is, it's smart for sure. But they did that with Patriot, but I was one of the only people I knew that really liked this season. It's, it's really interesting. You guys might like it. Okay. I would recommend that. Okay. Perfect. Cool. We got a recommendation. We watched Homecoming recently. Okay, on Amazon. On Amazon. What's that about? It's uh, it's about, about time. Time. <laughs> time. Yeah, it, it's a it is. It's about time. Oh my I, gosh, Julia Roberts. Okay. Yeah, she's the lead in it. So, go watch it. Okay. I'm not going to give anything away, but I will That's say okay. this: since we're on a podcast, yeah, that show is based off of a podcast. Really, the Homecoming podcast. And the creators of it sold the podcast to Amazon. That's pretty sweet. So they it's could really go sweet. Create a show. Yeah, that's cool. I, uh, my wife started watching Homecoming, 
I didn't know what it was. Mitch already knew that backstory, so he was interested in the show. I came home one day and my wife had started the first episode and I got into it. And then I started to notice that the cinematography was unbelievable. It was it was so simple, but it was so complex. And there were little, like either a camera movement or um, a camera angle or this, all of the symmetry, the way that they, the way that they plan out shots. I was so fascinated. It's one of the shows that um, I cannot, I cannot scroll on my phone. I can't be on Twitter, Instagram. I can't be trying to fold laundry. I can't be, I, I can't do anything when that show is on because I am locked in. Yeah. And my mouth is open the whole time. <laughs> and I just, every episode I had something that I had to text Mitch about. Oh my gosh, this That's in good. episode, whatever, this little camera movement was just beautiful or the way that, yeah. That's awesome. Homecoming is. It's, you guys can't get it off of it right now. It's good. It's, it's good. good. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, my wife's the she's the content consumer in the house, and then I'm, I once in a while I'm like, oh, I really really want to watch this. Can we watch this? And I built a, a modest little projector theater in my basement, and so it's, I try and you know save store stuff stuff up. You know what I mean? Like I really want, like I said, I know the kids are going to be down. I know I'm going to have these two hours. There's no interruptions, because I'm like the same. I don't want to. I don't want to be halfway in or halfway out of something. Either it either needs to be compelling enough where I can't tear away from it, or I should probably do something else. You yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm so. in agreement with that. So that's awesome. Anything else? I think that's that's all right. I think ending on a nice. What are we watching? What should we watch? That's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. we. Um, we usually end on that and then we ask like gear, but okay. we already did that. We, we had a FedEx man and a UPS man interrupt the podcast at the very beginning and bring in some new gear. It's good. Good stuff. So cool. We'll wrap it up. Okay. I'll, I'll wrap up for my, my episode a little bit. You guys, thank you so much for sharing the space, setting this up. You guys let me use all your equipment. You can hand over audio. I mean, it's, I, so you have to show up and walk away with the podcast episode. It's pretty sweet. So thank you. Thank you guys for showing me around and, and just making yourself available for this. This was a lot of fun. Heck yeah. You bet, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank everybody you. check out Cinetherapy, the podcast, and then also Inland Film Co. here in Liberty Lake. Yep. Yeah. Hashtag Daily Real. Hashtag Daily Real. Yeah. And follow Mitch and Sam at, at Inland Film Co. At Inland Film Co is our handle yeah you can find all the other stuff and, on our at inland film co and it's at inland film co on twitter instagram facebook inland film co on youtube nice and we post a lot unified. on youtube we have Do extra you? stuff that goes on youtube and you say i need to follow you guys' channel um i've just this year started to get into youtube a little bit more yeah i've right always on. used it for whatever like how to change your brakes or something like that but now now it's more entertainment yeah for sure yeah that that is we foreshadowed to how YouTube would help you exactly know, you get away from the manual yep and you just proved it you just proved it yeah <clears throat> perfect awesome thanks Corbin yeah thank you thank you guys <laughs>